Welcome to So You Want to Be a Witch, the podcast for soul-centered entrepreneurs and the people who love them. Welcome back to So You Want to Be a Witch. I am your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and today we are talking about scaling your soul-centered business. Now, this is for those of you who are starting to look to the future or have found yourself at a place where you are maxed out on hours, time, and energy. This happens at different places for different people. And that's actually one of the reasons I created the Holistic Business Academy, which is designed for folks at different levels. We have a bunch of people who are brand new and a bunch of people who have been doing business for years and are at six figures and beyond because the underlying work is the same. You are a human. You can only do so much. And we live in a culture that has told you that you should do everything, which is bullshit. So HBA is about centering your needs and your values and your call to service, that that holistic, full body, 360 approach to growing your business. So if that's something that you need, if you're like, yes, I need the strategy, but I also want to pull my intuition in. I also want to activate my body as a tool. I want to activate my mind as a tool to help me create new ways of working, new ways of being, and new ways of supporting my community. Then I want you to get on the wait list for the Holistic Business Academy right now. You can pause this even. Go to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash waitlist so you will be the first to know when our membership site reopens in December for registration. The primary goal of this is to give you the community support, coaching, and strategy you need to make both money and magic in this world. And I mean that literally. We're like using tarot cards over there, doing guided visualizations and trance journeys. You know, we're, we're, we're doing some magic. We're, we're a witchy crew. But we're also looking at strategy and the brain science behind growing a business and identifying your core values so that you can actually grow a business that you love. And for those of you who are at this point of scaling, which we'll get more into, a lot of times this moment happens at almost like a crisis point because we haven't done the work before to be ready to scale now. So that's why HBA is here for wherever you are in your business journey. If you want to be part of a community of people who also value other humans, their own humanity, the world around them, (laughs) and for whom making money is part of creating greater change and not just profit for profit's sake, creating jobs, making good work in the world, helping people, you know, cool stuff. Make sure you get over to holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash waitlist. Get on the waitlist. When we do reopen the doors for registration, you will be the first to know and you will get a special gift when you join from the waitlist. I reward action takers. As business owners, we have to learn how to take action and you will get something special and juicy from me. So I wanted to go ahead and mention that. I'm going to be talking about it because I don't want you guys to miss out on this. I know the first round of registration with our founding membership went super fast. A lot of y'all missed it, which is cool. Now you get to come and join, but make sure you get on the waitlist so you do not miss the opportunity to harness both your intuition and your strategy to get more clients, make more money, help more people. Awesome. So, but why does this matter with scaling, right? So much of the work we do in HBA starts with our mindset and how we're approaching our work. And when we talk about scaling, that is, again, I said this in a previous episode, the number one thing that is challenging in your business, it's the way your brain is working and the way that you are, uh, your brain patterns, your thought patterns, your subconscious patterns, whatever language you want to use for that, are creating your actions, which are creating your outcomes. Who you are being right now and how your brain is, is working is what 
creates what you do, which creates your outcomes. So when we start to look at this idea of scaling, what is scaling? Scaling is basically going beyond you in your business. When you have no more time, or you don't want to be spending as much time as you are on things, scaling is about finding ways to reach more people without working more. This is awesome, guys. And this is actually something that in particular, the internet has made so easy. I know it's it's easy to say like, man, I really hate Instagram, the algorithm fucks me or whatever. But from a perspective of reaching more people, it has literally never been easier to reach more people. It wasn't all that long ago that if you wanted to reach more people, you had to send them things in the mail and someone had to lick a stamp and put it on that envelope and lick this envelope closed to send it, right? Now you can post something on the internet and reach thousands and thousands and thousands of people. You can reach even more with a click of a button for, I mean, frankly, less than the cost of a stamp, you can reach individuals on the internet. It's insane. Scaling is about figuring out how to take you, your limited, precious time out of the picture so that you can help more people. Now, I'm hoping you can start to see why I started about talking about HBA and the mindset stuff, because a lot of folks kick in right now before, as soon as we say this and we say, oh, but, but other people can't do what I do, or how is it going to stay together if I'm not the glue, or I can't help people as effectively if I'm not working with them one-on-one. Those are all beliefs. They are all beliefs and they're already kicking up. Or how can I make more money if I'm not working harder? That's not safe. That's not okay. I'm not worthy then. Scaling takes the pressure cooker of starting a business and (laughs) scales it, explodes it. It's a pivotal moment if you choose to do this where you as the person, the visionary in your business are going to be challenged as you never have before. So this is why even if you're brand new and you're like, I barely have clients yet, so I'm not worried about having too many clients, I want you to start to think about this because these are mindset shifts and things that you can start to plan for in your head so that when the moment comes, you can choose if you want that path. But I'm going to speak more directly to those of you who are already here or already trying to scale. The first thing we want to look at is this. You are the bottleneck in your business. Now, I've said this in other perspectives, especially about your mindset being the bottleneck, but when we reach the point of scaling, you are officially the bottleneck in your business because everything is flowing through you. The step from essentially being a solopreneur or somebody with a virtual assistant or someone helping out about five hours a week or doing really specialized tasks to being scaled is that everything right now is flowing through you. You are doing the marketing, you are doing the sales, you are doing the lead generation, you are doing the community management, you are writing the emails, you are building the website. You also, in addition to all that, are actually fulfilling on the promises to your customers. You're probably making your product. Maybe you have a little bit of help there. You're probably doing all of your coaching on your own. You're probably, if you haven't created a leveraged offer yet, or if you haven't created a leveraged offer that's actually impacting the number of people it should, A leveraged offer would be something like an online course where your time is not what's being traded. It's recorded, perhaps, or it's an ebook, right? Those are all leveraged. You've taken your little bit of time and leveraged it to reach more people without having to do more work. If those offers are not scaled, as in they're not reaching as many people as they can, you're still trading time for money. And it's your time that you're trading. You are the bottleneck. So that first step with scaling is to start to tease apart the mindset challenges that emerge when you recognize that you're being a control freak in your business. (laughs) There's a bit of a push and pull here because the solution to scaling is twofold. It's automation 
and it's delegation. And both of those start to disrupt the ego of the soul, solo soulpreneur, <laughs> right? If you've gotten this far, it's probably because you're a really hard worker. You can maintain focus when necessary. You may not feel like that, but if you have results in your business, if you're generating revenue consistently, if you're making, I mean, I, I honestly, over $20,000 a year in your business, though that's not necessarily the point of scale, but if you're generating more, like enough money in your business to almost be somebody's salary, then you're able to do a lot of things and you're creating a good product or service that people actually want. That fuels the ego. I made this. I'm a solopreneur. I did this thing. I'm helping people. Automation and delegation start to strip that away. We no longer have the armor of direct communication as the way to know that we are doing good work. Because in a scaled business, you're not talking to every customer every day. In a scaled business, you're not seeing the light in their eyes when something clicks all the time. In a scaled business, it's not about you. You're probably the face and you're creating the content, but you are no longer the driver of your business. And this throws people for a fucking loop. I'm there right now myself, don't get me wrong. This is not like I'm like speaking like on high. This is the process that I personally am in right now. And the only reason I have any sense of, of these challenges is because I've been spending the past year around people who have already scaled. <laughs> and I'm watching them and listening to them and absorbing everything that they're telling me. So I'm aware, more self-aware perhaps, but oof, right? When someone else can do something just as good as me, if not better, in my own business, it stings a little. I don't want to to, not logically, but I'm like, oh, that person's better at that. <laughs> this is so much about getting out of our own way, first and foremost, and not making it the Sarah show, the so-and-so show. Even if you are the brand, and most of you listening here are personal brand businesses, whether you use your name or not, it's not about us. And even if you come from a place of service in your business, it's still about you. You're the one serving until you've scaled. So let's talk about these two different branches, delegation and automation. Let's start with automation. The big thing that I also see as a problem, so we have like mindset on one side, right? I'm special. I'm terminally unique. If I'm not, you know, touching the souls of every client individually, like, you know, in real time, then my work won't be good enough and people won't be helped. There's all sorts of fear up in there, right? Or if like, you know, someone else is making my product, then is it really still my product? If my course is entirely recorded and they never actually speak to me, will they still get results? All of those things, that, that's like the mindset, the, the fear, the belief system that we're working out of. Then we have the delegation and the automation. And the first hurdle here is this, both of those things cost money. Depending on where you are in your business, as you well know, revenue and profit are not the same. I said $20,000 a minute ago about that being a salary. That's obviously not true because you're probably making about $10,000 in profit <laughs> depending on your business. And obviously $20,000 is not a, a solid salary. But if you're making $100,000 a year, depending on your business model, you might have fifty dollars in profit pre-tax, right? And in some places, that's a decent salary. In a lot of places, though, that's not enough for a family, that's for sure and again, pre-tax, and because you have your own business, depending on your business structure, you may be paying more taxes. So the idea of spending more money can be a challenge here because automation is going to require 
better software programs. That's what this really comes down to in the internet age. Um, or depending on what you're doing, what you're making, um, certain pieces of equipment, right? I remember when I bought my first tincture press, uh, when I still had my product line, and it cost me like 350 bucks, y'all. And at the moment, I was like, can I really spend $350 on a tincture press? For those of you who aren't herbalists, this is basically so that you can separate the liquid from the dried herbs and press as much of the liquid out as possible. The herbs, or the fresh herbs, herbs actually, you know, hold water. So we want to press them just like you're squeezing, you know, out of a toothpaste, like, container or something. And in the past, I'd done it by hand or using a potato ricer, which is a very popular method. But a potato ricer holds maybe a cup of dried material at a time. If you're making gallons and gallons of tincture, it doesn't work. But that $350 saved me hours every time I had to press. It didn't fully automate, but it greatly reduced my active time in my work. Some of you who are herbalists will be ready to have bottling machines, even low-key bottling machines. We're at a point where we start to invest in order to gain back our time. On the online space, this could be something like using a management system. I used Absato. I still have not fully set it up, to be completely honest. <laughs> I need to hire someone to do that. But I used Absato to automate my invoicing. That was a thing that was taking up a lot of my time was that I was sending individual invoices to my coaching clients. And now I have it set up so that people get reminder emails and get automatically invoiced and then get reminder emails if they don't pay on time. And I don't have to do anything. That saves me hours every month. I'll actually link up Dubsado in the show notes. You can try that out as well. It's a great tool. And it's like $37 a month. Now, that if you're a business owner, you're counting every penny, right? Not because we're afraid to spend money, but we want to make sure we're investing in the right places. Well, how much is your time worth to get back $37 a month? That also automates emails to customers. It also has great form captures. Oh, I do really, I do really love Dubsado. I'm so happy I, I started using it. And I do, I'm going to set it up properly someday. Or even better, I'm going to delegate to somebody. But buying better software so that things are easier and work better, that is part of scaling. A few weeks ago, uh, or last month, we had an episode on, on you know, business on a budget, right? How to duct tape things together. If you start that way, as I did, when we get to the scaling point, it's time to take off the duct tape and to get the right solutions, right? This is that focal moment where it's taking you more time and you actually have the money to invest in the right tools, if you're not there yet, again, go back and listen to that episode. If you haven't listened to it, we can link it up in the show notes, um, the business on a budget episode, because that's a great place to start. We usually have more time than money then. But at the moment of scaling, when we decide to make that commitment, we actually usually have more money than time. And if we had more of our time back, we could generate more money because we could do the things that we are best at. So automation is about having the right softwares, the right tools, the right things that you need to make your business easy right? If you have physical products and maybe you're printing your labels on your computer, this is the moment where you're actually going to send them to a proper printer and get them nice on a nice pretty roll and they look really good and you don't have to worry about them. No stress. They just magically show up. That is starting to scale. The second part of this is delegation. This is actually hiring people to do stuff for you in your business. Now, if you've already reached maybe like this, like, you know, let's say 80 to $100,000 mark or 50 to $100,000, I'm going to encourage those of you who are below that to, to actually think about delegating sooner rather than later because you will get your time back, which means you can help more people and make more money. We'll get to that in just a second. But delegation means getting help. One of my teachers says that you can kind of hustle your way to 100K, but not beyond. 
there just are not enough hours in the day. And even if you're somebody who's really great at focusing and really great at getting stuff done, you will burn out. There's only so much you can do. And as a business owner, this is where it's going to get trippy, y'all. If you have a business that makes $100,000 a year, and you are spending your time doing tasks that are really something that somebody could do who doesn't have advanced training. You could hire a high school kid to do it, a kid out of college. You could work with a virtual assistant in another country. If you're doing tasks that are like $15 an hour tasks or $10 an hour tasks in your business, every time you're doing one of those, you're losing money. Because you as the business owner are generating so much more. Your hourly rate is probably closer, if you have a business on that side, to 100 an hour. Not what people are physically paying you, but like the hours worked in your business. So if you're doing $15 an hour tasks, you're losing $85 an hour in your business. I know sometimes people don't like to look at the numbers. I don't want to think about it in terms of that, but it really makes it stark and clear. Paying someone $15 an hour to do something that you're not great at or doesn't need to be done by you is will give you back the time to help your customers better and to make more stuff that they need so that you can generate more revenue and help more people. So delegation becomes critical. And this is where we start to build a team. And instead of saying, I'm going to tell you how to build a team, I'm not going to tell you how to build a team because I don't know how. I am in process on this. I will tell you the steps that I personally took to start to get support though. And then I'm going to give you some other resources that you can check out to learn about building a team. The first thing I did was identify what are the things that I do every week that are not in what is called my zone of genius, right? I love this phrase, zone of genius. It's, I learned from James Wedmore. It's all about what you're actually great at and what moves a business forward. It's that overlap of like things you love doing and things that actually create impact in your business. For me, my zone of genius is sitting here recording a podcast episode. Content creation is in my zone of genius. And then coaching my clients is in my zone of genius. And for me, sales and marketing are to some extent in my zone of genius. Though down the road, I won't be doing those quite as actively, but I'm part of, I'll continue to be part of the reaching of people, lead generation to use marketing terms, um, which I kind of hate, but let's say the, the finding of people who need what I have, right? I will continue to be part of that. Things that are not my zone of genius include audio editing, right? And I talked about this before. The first thing I outsourced in my business was editing the podcast. Hi, Barry. Barry has his own uh, podcast editing business now. It's called Talk Box Studio, and we'll link it up in the show notes. T-A-L-K-B-O-X dot studio. I guess dot studio is a new dot com-y thing. Talk Box Studio with Barry. Barry has edited my podcast for a couple of years now. Thank you, Barry. Um, and that was one of the first things that I outsourced because I'm not great at audio editing. Like I could do it. It took me a while and it didn't sound great. And I also didn't like it. Well, Barry is brilliant. Barry is a musician and an artist amongst other things. So this is within his zone of genius to do. So I paid to do this, which saves me hours of time. So thinking about those tasks that you do every week or regularly that are not, that you're not great at, but they need to happen. The podcast is an important way that I create free resources and content for the entire community and generate new leads. It's how I meet you guys. So many of you are like, hey, I found you on your podcast. And because of your podcast, I know that we'd be a great fit. And I'm like, awesome, right? And so many of you listen to the podcast and we'll never actually like work together one-on-one, -on -one, but you get great value. Great. This is a high priority for me, but getting out of my own way involved not editing the damn thing anymore. It took me like four or five hours because I'll get distracted and I hate the sound of my voice. It's just a mess, right? So I pay Barry and you can pay Barry too. You should hire him. He's awesome. Talkbox.studio. The next thing that I outsourced was actually writing the show notes for the podcast and putting together all the pieces for publishing it. Why? Because 
listening to the podcast annoys me. <laughs> listening to my own voice annoys me. And it's also not a great use of my time. So I have over the over the past year have worked with different people in different capacities. I have a new assistant now who is amazing. Hello, Nada Sheen. She's awesome. I'm waving to you through this, right? These are real people too, right? Like I have like real people we're working with. And I've found people who are interested in the show and the topic. So listening to it is enjoyable for them and they get paid for it. Nadasheen helps me by pulling out the key points, writing a draft of the show notes that I review so that I tweak it to make sure it's like my language and how, how the brand would say it. And then she publishes it. She makes the graphic, she puts it up on our WordPress, she does the whole thing and then puts it on the social media, which saves me another couple hours every week. It's awesome. This is the basic thing that I'm going to, I'm telling you exactly what I do to give you some ideas. And you don't have to have a podcast for this to be useful. But this is the basic thing that I do is that the only thing that I have to do for the podcast now is book people to be on it. I'm like, Oh, I want you on the show. Please come. And then to record it. Right. So again, it's that outreach, like I'm, I'm interfacing with the community. And then I'm doing the work of content creation. No matter where you are in your business, I am sure you can think of some of these things. Very popular ones are bookkeeping, for example, do you need to do your own bookkeeping? I happen to enjoy doing my own bookkeeping. I do use QuickBooks, which makes it easier, but I like to keep an eye on my numbers. But some point down the road, I won't be doing that anymore. But I check my QuickBooks. I, I, check, I do my bookkeeping basically once a week, which may not be the best use of my time, though as a business owner, it is our jobs to know what's coming in and what's going out. Um, but there, you know, that's one that people really don't like doing. I also, I work with a tax professional. I have a CPA. I don't do my own taxes. That was one of the, these are like some of the first things that I gave myself the gift of when I didn't have any money. I was like, I'm not doing my own taxes anymore because I don't want to mess it up. I want them done right. And I want them done by somebody who's going to work with me strategically. That was an early investment that is delegating, right? And delegating to an expert. I also don't do a lot of my own graphic design anymore. I still do some, but I have gotten a lot of help with that over the years. I worked with my dear friend, Quinn Estake, who um, is working on building up her own design firm. We can link up her Instagram in the show notes. I don't know if she has a website together yet. I worked with Quinn and she helped me find new colors and new fonts and so that I had that to work with. Like you can get help in these places that are not your zones of genius. And I'm also going to point out that if your business is not designing things for other people, but you do a lot of your own design and you spend a lot of time there, that's not the same as your zone of genius. Just because you're good at something or you like something, that doesn't mean it's moving the needle forward in your business. Zone of genius has to be those tasks that you're good at and that generate revenue, essentially. Dicking around on your website does not generate revenue. If you want to scale, you need to hire somebody else to do that for you. So this is all about when we start to look at delegation, figuring out the things that you don't need to do. Okay. And I am going to recommend a couple books. I've mentioned them before. Traction and Rocket Fuel, uh, both by Gino Weckman, uh, Rocket Fuels by Gino Weckman and Mark C. Winters. We'll link those up in the show notes as well. They're both about team building and about stepping into the role of being a visionary in your business instead of like wearing all the hats and trying to do all the things. And I really recommend them. They definitely are, a, they're geared towards small business, but they're geared towards bigger small business than most of us listening to this show. Um, and they definitely have a bit of a, a tinge of bro. So I'm just going to put that out there. But if you can read through that, they're very valuable. And they are some of the more actionable, valuable and focused books on these things that I've read. Um, and if you guys have books that you like that are about leadership in small business, then please send them my way because that's this is the next place that I'm focusing on. Make that list. Where are you doing tasks that don't make money in the business or not directly generating revenue and are not in your zone of genius or not and are not things that you're good at? Okay. And then figure out how can you delegate them? How can you get help? 
If you're just starting, you can definitely find help locally on Craigslist. That's a great place to start there. Depending where you live, there are usually students or folks who are looking for some part-time work. You don't need to hire somebody full-time at all to get some help. I use Upwork a lot, which I love. You get to connect with freelancers around the entire world, which is so cool. And people are brilliant. You can use things like Indeed if you do have like, I mean, whatever. You guys are smart. Figure it out. But I do like things like Upwork because you can hire freelancers and and get some help there, which is great. This is important. Delegating and automating, that is what scaling is. It is taking you out of the picture so you can step into the role of being a visionary and doing what you are great at, which is figuring out what is next and holding that vision for your entire team. And just to let you guys know what I'm thinking, because again, I'm in process on this, right? I would consider my business at a place where I am scaling. I'm starting to bring on more team members. I'm starting to plan for bigger growth. I'm starting to plan to reach more people and to figuring out how to do that in a way that still stays aligned with my values, what I believe, and centering service. Like this is what I think about most of the time. And that next step for me is going to be hiring a community manager. I want, I'm going to have folks who are offering more support in the Holistic Business Academy moving forward. I don't know when that's going to happen, but that's next on my list is, is hiring that person. And then customer service support, right? I love getting to talk to folks in emails, but it does take up a lot of my time and I don't need to be the person who's answering a lot of basic questions about um, where can I find my login for this or where can I do that, right? That's something that somebody else can do. So those are the two places that I'm starting to look at next. Now, when you read Rocket Fuel, if you haven't already, I know I've mentioned it on the show before, it's gonna introduce you to the idea of a visionary and an integrator. And oof, I'm a visionary. If you have a business, you probably are. There's a test you can take. It doesn't really, it's not, it's not a judgment. It's just about basically what you're good at in business or what your natural skill set is. And visionaries are the ideas people. We're the ones who are like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. We could do this thing. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little manic. They actually, I was like, that's actually one of the signs of visionary. And I was like, oh, cool. That's me. But we also aren't necessarily great with follow through, right? I am actually detail oriented in some ways. I am an INTJ, but in the context of my business, I'm so busy envisioning the future that it'd be better to have somebody else to do details. That's your integrator. Oh, so my dream new hire down the road, I don't know when this is going to happen, but I'm going to go ahead and say, let's say 2020 will be an integrator. And that's going to be probably at least a, a 20 hour week position to start for somebody, right? I want to be clear, I'm not hiring actively. Please don't send me your, you know, information. But I'm starting to already think, okay, who do I want to hire in six months? Who do I want to hire in a year? And this isn't about hiring a bunch of people. It's not about creating bloat in your business, but figuring out what do I not need to be doing? The final piece is this. Once you have automated and delegated, it's making sure that your tasks in your business are just what I said, they're in your zone of genius, that you are doing what you are great at, that only you can do in your business. And a lot of this is going to be customer-facing fulfillment, right? And, and that it, whether that's creating those, those scaled courses and programs, whether that's creating group programs, whether that's creating products, creating new products, creating new services, whatever it is that you do. Now, some of you, I can also hear like, oh, right, but I'm an acupuncturist. How do I scale acupuncture? Okay. There are a couple ways to do this, but a lot of you who are in service-based industries who aren't going to take something online, right? For an acupuncturist, you're not going to do an online course teaching people how to stick needles into themselves, right? That's, that's not going to happen. A lot of that scaling comes from actually creating a team of other people who work with you, right? Opening a practice so that instead of your practice being able to see one person at a time because it's you, you can now see two, three, or four because you have other people working with you. So scaling looks a little bit different depending on what you're doing, but the basic thing is that we're trying to take you out from being the bottleneck. 
So I hope that this starts to offer some things for those of you who are at that place of looking, what is that next step? Remember, it's all about that mindset. Get out of your own fucking way, my friends. Delegation and automation so that you can get back into the driver's seat of the business, holding the vision, seeing new futures, and creating change in the world. And then, for those of you who aren't quite there yet, this is something to start to think about. You don't need to decide now, but it's happening in the back of your mind. Do I want a business like that? You don't have to want that, right? You don't have to want that at all. But depending on what your goals are in terms of both revenue and the number of people you want to help, and depending on what you do and how you want to help them, starting to envision, okay, what can I automate? What can I delegate? What would it look like? That's going to help you make those decisions. And you can probably add in some automation and delegation at any stage in the game, right? It has never been easier to get help in your business. There have never been better softwares. I mean, Hit, if you're using something like Acuity to schedule, you've already done some automation. Congratulations, right? And if you're not using a scheduling software, that would be a really good place to start. We'll link up Acuity in the show notes as well. I'm like number one Acuity fan over here. This is about making your business serve you and your customers. And if you are working yourself to the bone, working 100 hours a week, you didn't get into business for yourself to be burnt out. You got into business for yourself to create a lifestyle that actually supports you and what you need and helps other people. That's what scaling is about. All right, y'all. I will see you in the next episode. Don't forget to get on the waitlist for the Holistic Business Academy, holisticbusinessacademy.com forward slash waitlist. I cannot wait to see you in the program. We have an amazing community of so much support. We have coaching calls. You have a framework. We have tarot spreads. It's like, it's just the funnest. The funnest? The most fun. But if you're really interested in what it is to have a business that stems from who you are, what you love, and what you want this world to be, Holistic Business Academy is the place to be because we look at business, well, holistically. And I will see you guys there, I hope, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. 